I want to address a situation that all of us face, every one of us. Every one of us from, from, that walks in this door, we face this on some multiple Sundays at times. It depends on how our week went. When I was teaching Wednesday night, we started out with Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And as I was teaching and talking to everybody, you know, the Lord was starting to download stuff. While I'm teaching, he's downloading. So a lot of stuff Wednesday night was, that was coming out of my mouth was coming into my heart as just right before it came out of my mouth. And so I, I, this week as I was praying and seeking the Lord, he said, I want you to talk about that situation again. I want you to talk about what I downloaded with you. So first of all, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, don't receive condemnation when you have setbacks or a bad day. Has anybody had a bad day this past week? All right. This one's for Brother Clark. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So some of you have bad days sporadically. Some of you have them periodically. Sometimes it's just a continual, eternal bad day. You got to get back up again. All right? The song says, get back up again. When you fall down, you've got to get back up. When you and I were learning how to walk, which probably none of us remember uh, that situation, you fell down many times, but you got back up. I've seen parents walk around with pillows chasing the toddlers who were learning how to walk. Just let them fall down. It's going to be all right. You can't follow them all through high, junior high and high school when that girl breaks his heart or he breaks that girl's heart. You ain't going to be able to, you know, be there all the time. Just, it'll be all right. You'll be okay. So... I want to talk to you about getting back up, get back up, dust yourself off and start again. Here's what Romans 8, 1 says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay? So there's no condemnation in those and with those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. We're going to concentrate on a couple words here today. We're going to the book of Joshua, chapter number 1. This is what, I use this for my setting. It's a kind of a lengthy text, but I wanted you to see what happens in a situation where there has been compromise. The Lord has called us to be overcomers, right? You're called to, you're, you're called to win. You want to be a winner, don't you? Or do you want to be a loser? Uh-huh. Everybody wants to win. Nobody wants a participation trophy. You want to win. God wants you to be a winner. He doesn't just want you to participate. He wants you to be successful. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was a son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Some of you may be related to them. I don't know. <laughs> Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. When they returned, they, said to jo or they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since there are so few of them, don't make all the people struggle to go up there. Now, let me give you a, a background here. They had just whipped Jericho. 
They had just taken out one of the largest cities in the promised land. The very first one that they came to was Jericho. They went in. They didn't have to raise a sword. All they did was march around the wall 13 times in seven days, and the wall sunk into the ground. They went in and took everything. Now, that's a battle. That's how, the, you, it's how you ought to fight. The Lord said, everything in Jericho, though, I want. Everything in Jericho belongs to me. Now, why did he do that? First fruits, right? He said, everything goes into the treasury of the Lord. The problem was that this man, Achan, took some of those dedicated things, and he thought that no one would ever know. Have you ever done something and thought that no one would ever know? Have we ever done anything and said nobody will ever find out? And there is, there is that time that comes. So they are now very confident if we took Jericho like this, then we can take Ai with two or 3,000 men. It won't be any problem. So don't make them get up and struggle. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Look at your neighbor and say, how about that? How about that? They have just whipped Jericho, and now they have lost. That would be like taking Vandalia and then going to Brownstown and getting whooped. You know? We've took Vandalia. We can do this. We're going to go take Brownstown, and the bombers bombed us. 36 men. So now they're paralyzed with fear, and their courage has melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads. This is a, a Mideastern Oriental custom that shows that there is distress, and there is grief, and there is mourning. And bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until the evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Now Joshua is the leader and now he's talking trash. He says we should have stayed on the other side too. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? So Joshua is the leader now, right? He took over after Moses. He leads them across the Jordan River. They take Jericho. I mean, his popularity and his approval rating is 92%. It's all good. And suddenly they get whipped in Brownstown, and it's all bad. You know? I mean, if you lose to Centralia or you lose to Mount Vernon, that's okay. But you're going to lose to Brownstown? You're going to go try to take Farina? You know? Are you seeing what I'm saying? How about Orchardville? Six houses, eight houses in Orchard Hill. They have a fire, Orchardville, and they have a firehouse. And they have a church that runs about 1,000 people. Now figure that one out. Mm, ain't that something? So Joshua is now praying to the Lord, and he says, what am I going to say to them? 
For when the Canaanites, he's still talking, and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. There's that covenant thing. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me, and they have not only stolen them, but they have, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. This is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. God said, unless you get rid of these things in your lives and in your tents, I'm not hanging around either. You're going to be all by yourself, Joshua. You're going to be all alone out here. He said, get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove those things from among you. Oh, 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 oh. Green giant. Guess what? If we do not destroy the things in our lives that the Lord has told us to get rid of, we will never destroy our enemies as well. They will kill us. They will destroy us. I don't have time to go into it today, but there was a king in Israel, his first king. Who was the first king of Israel? Saul. King Saul. King Saul had an order from the man of God. He said, I want you to kill all of, I want you to kill King Agag. How about that for a name? Do you think that his mom loved him? Agag. I want you to kill Agag. Come here, little Agag. What are you going to name Agag, Robert, Agag, Johnson. A I don't know what you're going to name him, Agag. But he became king of the Amalekites. God said through the prophet, he said, I want you to kill Agag and all the Amalekites. And Saul, long story short, Saul did not do it. Saul left Agag and Saul left everything that the Amalekites had. He said, these sheep are good sheep. We can use those to sacrifice. These are good camels. These are good. And God said, I want you to destroy everything. So when the preacher gets back and he sees Saul, he runs into Saul and he says, how did the battle go? And while Saul is telling him all about this, Samuel begins to hear sheep going, bah. oxen going, Moo. and Samuel says, what's that I hear? The lowing of the ox and the bleeding of the sheep. That's King James. Isn't that nice? And, and Saul says, oh, well, we, we saved Agag and we saved the best sheep and the best oxen for sacrifices when God said, kill everything. And you know what that preacher did, that prophet did? He took a sword and he went over to Agag. Now tell me if this is politically correct. He took off the guy's head. <laughs> call the media on that one. What are you going to call them? Anchor babies? What are you going to call them? Tether rope? I don't know what you're going to call them. He cut the baby's head off. Or the king's head off. Cut the head off. Right there in front of everybody. 
God said, kill everything. So when Saul wasn't man enough to do it, Samuel took the sword and did it himself. Guess who was left? And guess who years later killed King Saul in battle? It was an Amalekite. The people that he was supposed to have destroyed years before, that he let some of them go, killed Saul in battle. If you don't kill the king in your life now, the king will eventually kill you later on down the road. That's what God was saying here. If you don't get rid of the junk in your life that you should not have, if you take the stuff that I have, you will never defeat your enemies and eventually they are going to destroy you. It may be an addiction. It may be an attitude. It may be fear. It may be doubt. Whatever it is, if we don't get rid of this stuff in our lives, it's going to kill us. It already holds us down. We've been repenting around here. We've been seeking the Lord around here. There's been some breakthroughs on Monday night prayer. Man, Monday night prayer has been awesome. I mean, it's just been a building and, and things are going on and it's just awesome. And in the spirit realm, I can feel things beginning to release. But guess what? We have to get rid of the junk in our lives that we should not have. Amen. Uh, this ain't a real shouting, Holy Ghost, uh, shake, swing from the chandeliers. There ain't none in here. You got a few cameras you can try to grab onto. All right. This is just, we're going we're gonna to dig some ground today. We got to get rid of some things in our life we shouldn't have. It's got to go. We got to quit which, watching the movies that we've been watching. Oh. Now, you know I'm not preaching to me about movies. Because I've seen four my whole life. Rob says, have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen this movie? No. What about this movie? No. What movies have you watched? Toy Story. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Now, I have watched Remember the Titans. We've got we to gotta be careful what we're looking at on the Internet. We've got to be careful what we're reading. You know? Listen, ladies, and I don't know who you are. Maybe you don't. Don't, don't read Harlequin Romances and think that your husband's going to be like that. You probably wish we'd still be worshiping. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Don't imagine your husband's in a Harlequin Romance. And listen, guys, don't look at Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition and expect your woman to walk out into looking like that either, okay? Because kid and age and times does things to people, Okay? All right? Be happy with what you got and quit griping. She chose you and you chose her, so enjoy each other. Amen. I tell Amy, I said, look, you ought to love me even more now because there's about 60 pounds more than there used to be here. Hallelujah. It's just, hallelujah. Do not be afraid. We gotta, we gotta be careful what we're looking at on the internet. We've gotta be careful what we're reading. You know? Listen, ladies, and I don't know who you are, maybe you don't. Don't, don't read Harlequin romances and think that your husband's gonna be like that. You probably wish we'd still be worshiping. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Don't imagine your husband's in a Harlequin romance. And listen, guys, don't look at Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition and expect your woman to walk out into looking like that either, okay? Because kid and age and times does things to people, okay? All right? 
Be happy with what you got and quit griping. She chose you and you chose her, so enjoy each other. Amen. I tell Amy, I said, look, you ought to love me even more now because there's about 60 pounds more than there used to be here. Hallelujah. It's just, hallelujah. Do not be afraid. We've got to watch what we read. We've got to watch what we're looking at. We've got to watch the words that come out of our mouth. Listen, the Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. That's what it says. If you're throwing out some cuss words here and there and you didn't use to, stop. I think I'm speaking too fast. Maybe you didn't understand that. If you didn't used to use certain words and now you're starting to use them, stop. Please don't make me give you examples. You know what I'm talking about. We're all big people here. You know, you can think it in your head, just don't let it come out your mouth. Let it go right out your ear. Hit that switch. When it's coming down from here, it's either going to go or it's going to go Choose the Do that. One, two, three. Not the woo, wah, do the wah, get it out of there. Get it out of your mouth. Get it out of your vocabulary. Stop telling nasty jokes. Ladies, quit gossiping. Ladies, quit fighting with each other. Drama, drama, drama. Stop! Stop! Amen. You know what I appreciate about my wife? Let me tell you what I appreciate. I appreciate... The way that she describes to me, girl drama. Because that is a sign of an intelligent woman. She said, girls and women are vicious. I'm quoting it. They are. They are. And us guys, we just go through like the duh. And really, it is a beautiful thing for us guys. We just, ah, you know, I don't get involved in drama. I'm not doing drama. I don't do, I know. You're not going to text me and get me in a Texan circle, triangle, uh, elliptical. You're not getting me in a poly, polygraph, whatever, a polyoctagon. You're not getting me in a 50-way text fight. I am not doing it. I don't do drama. I never have. I'm never planning on doing it. Amen. You get me on a phone call, Brother Tracy, so-and-so is threatened to burn down my house because I wouldn't do this and he wouldn't do that. I said, you know what? I'm in Pittsburgh. I ain't doing drama. I'm going to see Heinz Field. I'm going to see Super Bowl trophies. I am not going to do drama. You guys got to figure this out. You're big people. Look, guys, get all this junk out of your lives. Get it out of here. That's why when you come into the house of God, the Lord is convicting us of all this stuff, and we start feeling real bad about it, and we don't want to lift our hands because our hands have been shedding blood, because our lips and our tongues have been shredding our neighbors, amen, with gossip and lying. We've been saying all this other stuff. Taylor, are you taking pictures of me? It's $50 a, a frame because there's royalties on this. Oh, you're recording it. Okay. You're going to play it to all your girlfriends at school and say, this is what my pastor said. Girls, you better shut your mouth. <laughs> Tell them, Taylor. At our house, we don't call it a mouth. Though. We say, shut your pie hole. Shut it up. Are you seeing what's going on, though? 
all this, the devil wants to throw all this trash in us. He wants to get us involved in all kinds of stuff. He wants to get us distracted. He wants to get us off of the main thing. The main thing is the main, to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is that I may know him, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. So we got to get rid of the junk in our lives. Sometimes to get rid of the junk in our lives, you got to get rid of some people in your lives. Well... And some of them's family. Well, Brother Tracy, I see him at every reunion. Move away. I did. 600 miles. Praise the Lord. Nobody bothers you at 600 miles. They could care less about you at 600 miles. I said to my brothers one time, you know what would be awesome? Why don't we all drive somewhere and meet for Christmas and spend it together somewhere? You thought I just asked them to cut off their arms. Oh, well, we can't do that because, you know, Kathy's got this and Patty's got this and we got to go here and we got to go. Okay. Amen. You only understand this if you moved away from home. If you're not near where you grew up, you only understand that. Get rid of the junk in our lives. God says if, if you don't defeat your enemies, your enemies are going to defeat you. It's going to take you over. Doubt will take us over. Bad thinking will take us over. Unbelief will take us over. Fear will take us over. All kinds of stuff. Well, I, get, I don't get mad, but I get my feelings hurt. Toughen up. Get tough. You're in the world. People are going to hurt your feelings. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and he said, I really don't want to have anybody else on my enemies list. He said, it's pretty long now. I said, hey, I almost wanted to knuckle bump him and say, mine is too. Amen. Woo. People are going to talk about you. I sent a friend request one time. When I was on Facebook, you know, fairly regular, about five, ten years, six years ago, whenever it was, I sent a friend request to somebody I thought was one of my friends. And that guy did not reply. So I sent it again. And he still didn't reply. And then I saw where he accepted another one of my friends who that I thought for sure he wouldn't accept him. He accepted him. I sent him one more. You know what? We still aren't friends on Facebook. I thought he liked me, but I guess he didn't. That kind of held me back probably 15 minutes. And now we go on. Because guess what? There's 7 billion other people in the world. Surely I can find another friend other than him that will accept me on Facebook Or be talking to me. And guess what? He doesn't even have to accept me on Facebook. Just be my friend. And if I go through life and I have five true friends that I can call friends, then guess what? I've been successful and I've had a good life. So guess what? Toughen up. 
toughen up and let people say what they want to about you. The main thing is, is you keep Jesus Christ the center of your life and you keep that relationship and learning and walking with Him as the center of your life as well. Can I get an amen from somebody on that business? So God said, get up and clean yourself up. He said, purify. Get clean. Come clean. Guess what else? Stop lying. Be honest with yourself and all of those around you. Stop lying. Be real. Be the person God made you. God made you just like you are. The devil's lying to you and says, guess what? You gotta have, you gotta have blonde hair. Guess what? You gotta have, wear glasses. Guess what? You gotta have a bulging midsection. And then you'll be just like Brother Tracy and it'll be all be great. And I'm looking at you saying, I wish I could do a backflip and I was skinny. Then I found out she was on a diet. Then I witnessed people eating you the only food you could eat. People taking your food. God in heaven. He don't get very much and people stealing his food. Stop stealing. Be real with yourself. How many years have you put on all mask after mask after mask? How many years have you just simply tried to fit in over here and you weren't real and you go home and you feel empty and lonely because you haven't really satisfied the way the Lord made you? The Lord made you like you are accepted and loved. Guess what? God's got a purpose for the way He made you. So purify, clean it all up and prepare. Let's get off that scripture. We're going to be here all in the morning. You must present yourselves by tribes and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. Ooh, now it's scary when the Lord starts pointing things out. The tribe must come forward with its clans and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That's the family, right? Or, the, or the, the group, the whole family. The clan will then come forward and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Can't hide nothing from the Lord. Amen. Can't hide nothing from the Lord. Nothing at all. You see, you hear a voice, but you can't see a body. That's because your vision is limited. That's because you can only see what you are allowed to see. But the Lord sees everything. Ah, you got to get like Bentley over there. Bentley tells my wife, get behind me, Sister Amy, so they can't see you. <laughs> Figure that one out. Get behind me, Sister Amy, so they can't see you. But the Lord is going to expose everything. And it may look like that we're all getting by with our junk. It may look like we're all getting by with our stuff. But there will come a day. There will come a time. There will come a day of reckoning. Yes, I have seen it time and time again. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what is set apart for destruction will himself be given a participation trophy and a ribbon and will be nominated for family member of the year.
I'm back on politics again. I'm telling you what everybody's sick of. We're sick of political correctness, and we're sick of all this ignorant stuff that is being shoved down our throats. We're going to have a revolution. We're going to have a revolt. So let's start it in church. Let's have a godly revolution. Let's have a godly revolt. Let's have a Holy Ghost cleansing. There you go. No, you are not going to get a participation trophy. The guilty party will be burned with fire. I thought he was a loving, kind God. I thought he was a gracious God. I thought that he accepted everybody. Well, yeah, but he doesn't like sin. And he's fixing to toast your hiney. Yeah, amen. Your honey's fixing to be toasted, yeah? It's fixing to be toasted. Along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel. Look, not only what Achan did affected him, it affected his family, and it affected the whole nation of Israel. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. What we bring into the house of God not only affects you and your family, but will affect the whole corporate body of believers. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying? We bring trash in here. we got to deal with trash. There is no way. Now I'm going to use Brother Randy back there. All right? If Brother Randy backs my truck up here and I've got 52 bags of trash... And I say, being the pastor of this church, I give orders at times. Please help me unplug the toilet. Please do not leave the lights burned. Shut off the air conditioner. Turn it on, turn it off, right? Brother Randy, I want you to empty all those bags of trash in the center aisle, 52. I want you to stack them according to height and weight, whatever. We're going to make it look good. Still trash. You see, we think we can pretty things up and make everything look all right. Trash is still trash. Junk is still junk. Sin is still sin in our lives. So Brother Randy is a faithful servant, and he unloads all the trash. And guess what? I said, now leave it in there. It's Thursday afternoon. But this is what I want to do here. Oh, hallelujah. Wow, that's my fan over there. She does not like me. And so... We got all the trash stacked up. It's Thursday. I said, just leave it there to Sunday. You know what? Every one of us, when we come in, whether you come through that door or that door, you will probably see 52 bags of trash, and Pete's going to say, where'd they come from? <laughs> if I'm not here, he's going to say, Clark! Who put this trash in here? And Clark's going to say, Pastor. And Pete's going to say, What? What's he thinking? Wait till I see him. Pete's going to be ready to knock me out. And I'm going to say, Pete, what's wrong? Having a good day? No. Why is all this trash in here, Pastor? This doesn't make any sense to me at all. We've never had 52 bags of trash. Might have had 50, but no, not 52. And I said, leave it here. And everybody, all of us that walk in are going to see the trash. You know what? And the trash is going to affect us. Number one, it's going to block our, our uh, traffic here. 
We can't get through here. It's going to block my way on the journey. (laughs) Tammy, it will block her place to set. She's going to have to relocate. She's been evicted by trash. And it's going to smell. And you can't get in from this side, so you can only come one way. So if Kim has to use the restroom, she got to climb over everybody in her pew just to go use the restroom because all this trash is blocking her easy way out to the restroom. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Trash affects you. So guess what? Let's put it to trash inside of our bodies. When we bring trash in here, it affects the flow of the Spirit. It stop, you know, you know, this is how this church operates. This is how a lot of churches operate. They operate like this. Man speaks, people listen, people go home, untouched, unchanged, unconcerned. This is how we operate here. We want to hear from heaven. This is a Holy Ghost church. This is a spirit-filled church. And so we want to hear from heaven. And when we hear from heaven, then we can hear it and then disseminate it out to the congregation. And everybody can take it in. But how can you hear when you all you do is smell trash? I put my hand in a bag yesterday of tomatoes that I bought last Saturday. Oh, I forgot how tomatoes smell when they get bad. There were tomatoes and potatoes. Oh, stinko. Bad-o. That's my Spanish for the day. Amen. You just put an O on it, it's all right. It's Tex-Mex. Okay. When I pulled my hand out, it's like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to do that. It already hit me. And that smell hits us. And it affects all of us. And we're the ones carrying the trash inside of us. We come in and this is what we are. We're on lockdown. Because the devil doesn't want your hands in the air. The Lord said, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Lifting up holy hands, clean hands in the sanctuary. Then that's what he said. Right? We're putting up these holy hands, but we can't have holy hands because our hands are full of trash. And you can't lift trash up to the Lord. So you've got to let go of the trash. So what I'm talking about today is God is trying to convict us while the devil is trying to condemn us. And so this trash in our lives affects everyone around us. Rob alluded to it today. When they were in the prison in Acts chapter 9, Lord have mercy. Somebody put an extra high-speed battery in that clock over there. It's already 12 minutes till eternity, lunch. He alluded to it today. When they were in the prison, the prisoners heard them, right? They are locked up. Guess what? But when the prisoners heard the men of God praying and singing and worshiping, everyone's bands were loosed. Guess what? I can't sing if when I open my mouth, all that trash smell goes in my mouth. Yeah, that is nasty. I cannot praise when I got the smell of trash going up my nostrils. I cannot praise when I got my hands full of four bags of trash, two in each hand. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? So we come into church. We probably ain't going to get this lesson done today. We come into church and we're all bound up and we're all tied up. Guess what? God wants you to get rid of the trash in your life. God wants to get rid of the trash in the church. So when I walk in, we walk in, we got a praise on. We walk in, we got a shout on. We walk in, we got victory. 
God wants us to look like Richard Nixon on that helicopter when he left. Here I go. I am out of here. Go ahead, Jerry, sign my pardon. Some of you aren't young enough to remember that or old enough. Listen, I watched that sitting in the living room eating a bologna sandwich, watching the President of the United States fly away, and I'm like, what? what's going on? But that's interesting. I was just happy because I got so sick of every time I come home from school, all of my TV shows in the afternoon after school was interrupted by those Watergate hearings. I was deprived. I hated Watergate. When Watergate was over, man, I had Hogan's Heroes back. Man, I had the Brady Bunch back. Man, my life was all good again. Come on now, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you don't appreciate classic television. You see, we've got to get rid of the trash in our lives. You've got to love your husband all over again. Fall in love again. I don't even believe in falling in love, but just do it. Just love him. If he still doesn't get his dirty socks where they're supposed to be, move the hamper where he leaves them. Then I'm going to come to your house, and if there's a hamper in your living room, I know where he leaves his socks. Men, fall in love with your chick again. Don't look at your spouse and say, I don't know why I married you. Yes, you did. You probably wasn't in love. It was just a hot session of lust. What do you want me to tell you about? You want me to tell you about the ark landing on Mount Ararat and it's probably still there maybe, but it's covered by a glacier? No, I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm talking about trash. I'm talking about getting trash out of your life. Love your husband. Love your wife. Quit looking around somebody else's stuff and just stick with your own stuff. Ladies, listen, and if you looked at him like he was your project, you messed up. If his mama couldn't change him, you're not going to change him. Now, that doesn't mean you won't completely be able to fix him. It's like butterflies. You can help him fly in certain patterns. Maybe. You can We're there to help each other. We're our other We're not we're not our this is our she is my other self. She's not my better half and I'm not her better half. She's my other self. I'm her other self. Over 28 years as far as personality, we have went like this. And it is so weird because when I look at Megan now, that's what my disposition was. 
I wonder, was I really that mean? I said to Megan the other day, I said, you're going to have to learn two words in your vocabulary pretty quick there, dear sister, and it's grace and mercy. (laughs) Amen. And I said, you know what? People aren't, I said, most people don't even care what you think. I'm just telling you that because I had to find out the hard way. I got texts and memos. We don't care what you think. Some of them were in person. When you're done here, you can just go on. See ya. Whoop. Whoop, there it went. Amen. And I'm sitting in front of my old boss's desk out in Maryland, suburban D.C. area, and we're having a meeting, and I'm sitting in front of his desk, and something was said, and I'm like, that is not fair. So I'm sitting there in front of this big old guy's desk. And I said, he said something in the meeting, and I said, that's not fair. And he had a big desk and a big executive leather chair, and he leans up, and he takes that old fat arm of his and swipes it across his desk and clears out whatever it was, and he says, who told you it was supposed to be fair? And I couldn't. Remember the name. (laughs) I couldn't place the face. I couldn't spot the time. Whoever told me it was not supposed to be fair. Guess what? You remember the person that told you it wasn't supposed to be fair? If you do, they lie to you or you were in a hallucinated state because nothing is fair in this life. The devil's not fair. Sin is not fair. Addictions are not fair. Guess what? And we can play the victim game all we want. Well, I'm a drunk because Jeff wore a green shirt today. I can say I'm a double drunk because Jeff wore a green shirt and was with somebody that did not look like Trina today. I'm going to ask for her driver's license and make sure it's Trina. I look at her, she says, don't ask. Don't ask. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm an addict today because Rob wore black shoes. Guess what? Everybody has problems. That's what Dustin told me. If I learned one thing from Dustin Conway for all the days of my life, I'll never forget it. In the carpool coming home from school one day, I'm trying to have a teachable moment with a bunch of 13-year-olds in my car. And I'm tr- I think I got the upper hand in this conversation. And finally, Dustin says, Bro, Tracy. Yes, Dustin. He's shotgunning over here. Everybody has problems. That took every ounce of gas out of my car in my lesson that I was trying to teach. Yeah, we all got problems. But our thing is, how are we going to respond to the problem? How do we respond to the failure? How do we respond to the people lying on us? How do we respond to people not being fair to us? How do we respond to people who treated us wrongly? And guess what? We've all been treated wrong. 
There's not one of us in here that's not been treated wrong. There's not one of us in here that if we went to an advocate, to a judge, we'd say, I've been treated wrong. And somewhere in our lives, he would say, yes, you had a bad childhood. Yes, your parents didn't do you right. Yes, you were abused. Yes, you were molested. Yes, you were messed up. Yes, 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 yes. But guess what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So I'm sitting there in front of this big old guy's desk. And I said, he said something in the meeting and I said, that's not fair. And he had a big desk and a big executive leather chair and he leans up and he takes that old fat arm of his and swipes it across his desk and clears out whatever it was. And he says, who told you it was supposed to be fair? And I couldn't. Remember the name. I couldn't place the face. I couldn't spot the time. Whoever told me it was not supposed to be fair. Guess what? You remember the person that told you it wasn't supposed to be fair? If you do, they lied to you or you were in a hallucinated state because nothing is fair in this life. The devil's not fair. Sin is not fair. Addictions are not fair. Guess what? And we can play the victim game all we want. Well, I'm a drunk because Jeff wore a green shirt today. I can say I'm a double drunk because Jeff wore a green shirt and was with somebody that did not look like Trina today. I'm going to ask for her driver's license and make sure it's Trina. I look at her, she says, don't ask. Don't ask. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm an addict today because Rob wore black shoes. Guess what? Everybody has problems. That's what Dustin told me. If I learned one thing from Dustin Conway for all the days of my life, I'll never forget it. In the carpool coming home from school one day, I'm trying to have a teachable moment with a bunch of 13-year-olds in my car. And I'm, I think I got the upper hand in this conversation. And finally, Dustin says, Bro, Tracy. Yes, Dustin. He's shotgunning over here. Everybody has problems. That took every ounce of gas out of my car in my lesson that I was trying to teach. Yeah, we all got problems. But our thing is, how are we going to respond to the problem? How do we respond to the failure? How do we respond to the people lying on us? How do we respond to people not being fair to us? How do we respond to people who treated us wrongly? And guess what? We've all been treated wrong. There's not one of us in here that's not been treated wrong. There's not one of us in here that if we went to an advocate, to a judge, we'd say, I've been treated wrong. And somewhere in our lives, he would say, yes, you had a bad childhood. Yes, your parents didn't do you right. Yes, you were abused. Yes, you were molested. Yes, you were messed up. Yes, 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 yes. But guess what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But you don't understand, Jesus. The judge, my advocate, said, yes, I was treated wrong when I was a child. Yes, I didn't have a chance. Yes, I was an orphan in the streets of San Francisco. Yes, all this. Yes, yes, yes. Guess what? 
That's why I'm this. That's why I uh, hold on to this addiction. That's why I hold on to this attitude. That's why I keep standoffish from people because I don't want to get hurt again. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Guess what? Let's all stand. Guess what? Jesus will be the best dad you've ever had. Jesus will be the best friend you can ever get a hold of and befriend. Jesus will be your B-F-F-O-M-G. We got to verse 14. That means you're going to have to come back to hear... The rest of the story. Good day. Notice, kids, all the old people are laughing. You see, there's nothing classic anymore. There's nothing good anymore. I I heard some music the other day. "Ah, I don't want to think that I'm getting old. I said, Amy, am I getting old? Amy, I don't like this kind of music anymore. I just want to fall asleep. I said, I go to church and we just sing songs that are like 20 miles an hour. People just stand there. And she's looking at me. She's like, where is he going with this? And I said, I don't think they were singing those slow, sappy songs when the Halls of Jericho sunk into the ground. I said, sometimes there's got to be a shout with the voice of triumph. Sometime I would like to have it move from 20 mile an hour song to at least 75 to 80. But kids today, they don't even know what good music is. That's why the music that I grew up on, that we grew up on, us old folks, you know, that are 40. Now they call it classics. Or at least I wish they would. I was, I was, usually 90% of the time I'm a talk radio guy all day long. And if I'm in my car, I'm talk radio. I listen to all of them. I listen to all of them. Hannity, Beck, Rush. If I could get Mark Levin, I would. Whoo, hallelujah. That's, that's acid on acid. Mark Levin. But... I was going through St. Louis, and I came across this station, 103.3. What was that? What was that, Rose? Oh, that's my mom and dad station. And I was listening to it, and I thought, well, hey, that's some songs I know. Because, I mean, songs today are just, Songs today make no sense at all. You got Lady Gaga who dresses up in a meat suit and wonders why every dog in Hollywood is chasing her. But then she comes out at the wherever, whatever show it was, normal, 
And, the, and absolutely, when I say destroyed, I mean she hit the song out of the park. When, I can't remember what song. It was a classic song. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this woman's got talent. But then she flops back and wears the, you know, ribeyes. <laughs> and I'm listening to this station that day, and it says, K-L-O-U, Oldies, 103.3. And I'm like, oh. Why couldn't you say Classic. See, and that's what this church is. This church is classic. We're classic Pentecostals. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And the stinking devil, high five, knuckle bumps your neighbor and say, the stinking devil, the stinking devil would like to dumb us down, shut us up, tie us up, throw us down, make us not effective. He wants to make us salt that has lost its savor and light without any oil. But we have news for the devil in this house. We are going to cleanse ourselves. We are going to purge ourselves. We are going to get rid of the trash in our lives. And we're going to stand before God holy and acceptable before the King of kings and Lord of lords. Yeah! Somebody give him a yeah! Somebody give it two yeah yeahs. Yeah, yeah! Woo! Hallelujah. Good day. My Lord. I never envisioned this sermon being like this today. Isn't it amazing what Jesus does? Aren't you? Well, we, you know what? Since we're already past noon, we got 55 more minutes to the top of the hour. Come on now. This might be a 55-minute music sweep. This might be a 55-minute Holy Ghost sweep. Woo. No, I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to keep you. You're going to be fighting with the Baptists and Methodists, getting the Ponderosa, trying to get in line. You didn't have to used to do that, but hey, now we're doing it. It's true. It's awful, I'm telling <laughs> Casey, did you ever dream you'd be in a church like this? No. It's awesome. Did anybody else dream you would never be in a church? Catherine, raise your hand, Catherine. You thought we were crazy. Now you're one of us. Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 I'd much rather go to church and have a good time than just go to church and get bored because I'll tell you what, as the older I get, the louder my sleep apnea gets. And you know what I'd sound like in a church that was not on fire? He'd be talking about the ark and the ark and the I mean, <laughs> you don't want that apnea to get a hold of you. But you let the apnea, you, number one, you're not going to fall asleep in something like this. Number two, if you did, we'd never hear you snore. Hallelujah. Because this is just a prerequisite to the eternal that says one day I got resurrection inside. And when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Woo! Lord. Touch two people and say, Lord. Just like they say in New Orleans, Lord, 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 Lord. Lord, mm.
Mm. How about you, Debbie? How you doing? You like coming to church here? It's pretty good, isn't it? Man, whoo, hallelujah. You know, I got, I got afterburners that are just fixing to click in. I'm like John Paul Jones. I have not yet begun to preach. But we're going to have to get the junk out of our lives. Now, how can we be hooping and hollering and say, no, we got to get the junk out of our lives. <laughs> we got to get the junk out of our lives. It's like we're multi-personality. Where do we stop? Oh, yeah. He will be burned with fire. Probably a participation trophy, throw it on top of him. Burn it with him. He participated in the invasion, but he's done. What I'm saying is this. We got to remember that when we come together, just like Paul and Silas, we are affecting, in, whether a positive or a negative manner. I never even got to my slide that said what I was going to preach on today. You'll have to come back next week to find out. Yeah. We are either going to influence the people in this church by our positive or by our negative. Amen? So this week we're going to make an effort. We're going to repent, repent every day, ask God to forgive you, give you strength in your weak areas. All of us have weak areas. I got them. You got them. Mine is I preach too long. I'm 10 minutes over time. All right? Yeah. Maybe they'll pay me time and a half. <laughs> Amen. We're going we gonna to be positive. We're going to repent. We're going to overcome. And we're going to come to church. We're going to come to prayer. We're going to come on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights are powerful around here. They're awesome. Brother Rob's got a whole, he got a herd. He got a herd of youth. I mean a herd. Lots. Rob Lots. Amen. <laughs> And then Sunday, the Lord tarries, we're coming back here again, and we're going to kick it out, fire up again. Amen? Let's give the Lord a praise right now, would you? Now, with your hand clap, would you put a yeah with it? Yeah! How about another yeah? Yeah! Now, how about a hallelujah? Hallelujah! 